This is a Rooster Teeth production. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Tales from the Stinky Dragon. It is a Between the Tales episode. If you've never listened to Tales from the Stinky Dragon, we're going to give you a quick recap. It's a D&D uh, real play podcast. We like to have fun here. We like to keep it loose. We have a, a rambunctious cast of characters, <laughs> including Chris. Oh my God. <laughs> we all just. <laughs> John pointed at me, and then Blaine and Chris spoke at the same time. <laughs> Which I think speaks to everybody in here, the, 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 the kind of personalities in this group. I'll start. Uh, I am Barbara, and I play uh, Bart. He is a halfling bard. Uh, uh, uh. Quarterling. Oh, the lore. I was like, wait, what did I miss? That's a, an important plot point later in the story. Very much so. I am Chris Damaris and I play Gum Gum, the barbarian, but he's not really a barbarian. He's a great, powerful wizard. Would you say he's a whizbarian? No, because he doesn't think he's a barbarian at all. Okay. He's just a, a wizard. Gotcha. He also sounds like... Ronald Reagan, Nancy, <laughs> Nancy. He actually travels through several presidents throughout the, really does. the whole campaign. I believe in trickadon economics. <laughs> <laughs> it's where it rains money. Very specifically, I think Gum Gum would be a flower wizard. Yeah, flower wizard. That is what he, I think, has claimed. I am Kyborg, uh, a wood elf fighter. I had to read that. John's covering my phone, so I don't so I never remember. We're like, we're like 80 episodes in, and he's like reading from the script. Because well, I always say I'm like an archer, but I'm not. I'm a fighter, but I, I think I've picked up the sword maybe once. I mean, does a fighter have to use a sword primarily? It's not necessarily, but I think there are certain builds where you could like... And Gus could tell me I'm wrong, but like, I thought there was like specific archery classes. If you're going to focus on archery, like we tried to stick as much as possible to the core player's handbook when we started this. Mm -hmm. So, um, while there may be specialty classes you can take, that's not in like the core player's handbook. So we, we stuck with those classes. So fighter would be what you would have to take. There's also like ranger, which a lot of people pick for for archers, but you're core class as a fighter, which I think is actually makes a better archer. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. I, I think I found some cheat codes with, with Ben, our one of our producers. I love ranged characters. They're so much fun so to play. So much fun. I could just chill in the back and yeah, yell dude. insults at people. <laughs> it's great. And freak out when anything comes within melee range. <laughs> <laughs> Next campaign, Barbara, I want you straight in the melee range. That'd be a very different character yeah. for me. Yeah. I, want, I want you to be the tank. I want you to take all the damage. I want you to be the one doing all the uh, upfront attacks. Well, I feel like it'd be appropriate if I was a bard this time, I'd be a barbarian next time. Oh. I'm sticking oh. with like, the barb. Just the alliteration. Yeah. All the way through. But we'll see. We'll Incredible. See. Uh, by the way, I'm John Reisinger. I play Mud, who is a druid fear bog. And uh, Mud also travels with the fifth member of the party. Gumbo, our, my badger. Your badger. Make his voice. Introduce him in his voice. I don't have a voice <laughs> for Gumbo. <laughs> that, was pretty, that was pretty good, Barbara. <laughs> what do you mean? That was, ba- that was Gumbo. Yeah, gum- we got Gumbo right here, yeah, live in person. on a mic. We all updated our rabies shots and everything. Well, the story started with our job hunting adventurers uh, arriving in the town of Boulderay. There they encountered a deceptive goblin named Bezler, a wise cracking warlock named Brink Tussler, and the mayor himself, Felix Prattle, who offered them jobs as the infinite interns. Who are the infinites, you may ask? Well, the infinites are a group of mighty warriors known far and wide across the lands of Faza for their feats of heroism and legendary power. One slight catch, though, unbeknownst to the public, the infinites are missing. 
The interns rescue the Infinite's brilliant gadgeteer, Dr. M, from one of his own inventions and cover their first suspect, the evil Paralyte. Chris gasped. <laughs> Why'd you gasp, Chris? You've done this already. I know. He's just reacting to the story again. She just gets very emotional when the Infinites go missing. They were guided by Sordo, the Living Sphere, and Dr. M. The interns underwent a barrage of training exercises to learn more about the four Infinites. I'm drawing a blank. Who were the four Infinites again? Sleek, the Spectral. The Spoopy. Aleve. The, the Healer. And Grizzly. The Bear. Yeah, you got all four. I mean, you got their names. <laughs> it was pretty good. It was, it, was, it, was, it was actually better than I was expecting. It was uh, Aleve the Amender, Sleek the Symphonious, Spectral the Surreptitious, and Grizzly the Groundbreaker. Groundbreaker. Oh, yeah. We didn't get much time with Grizzly, did no, we? No, we did no. not. not yet. No. I don't think we ever got any time with Grizzly as themselves. Yeah, you encountered Grizzly on like, the Escalon. Yeah, yeah. So Aleve and Grizzly. It's when a, when, a, when a Grizzly and an Aleve love each other very much. <laughs> a little bit of a spoiler for a future plot point I'm about to cover. The team was sent away on their first mission to the desert town of Pius Pass with the task of retrieving a package for Dr. M. Uh, upon arrival, the interns are beseeched with rescuing the town cleric from jail after they are blamed for a mysterious curse spreading throughout the town, slowly killing the Pi residents. What was that cleric's name again? Uh, Mother, Mother Abby. Abby. Yeah, very good. After a barber shop quartet haircut, pawn shop break-in, and zombie jailbreak, the interns chase down Sheriff Gov to reveal Mother Abby's true identity, Aleve the Amender, a brainwashed infinite turned evil and poisoning the town with necromancy. Dun, dun, dun. Just as the interns are about to defeat Aleve, Paralyte swoops in to take credit for saving the town. In disgrace, the interns head back to Boulderay with one infinite in tow. After stabilizing and ailing Aleve, the interns head to their next mission, finding Sleek the Symphonious in the industrious city of Erbloom. They arrive at the city in calamitous chaos, come face to face with their Boulderayan rival, Brink Tussler, dying with a message from the future. Stop Sleek from freezing the city in time. Sent back in time, they get to work with past Brink in a city slowly becoming besieged by time, including trapping a sword-swinging wind elemental. Okay, does anyone remember the name of the wind elemental? Man, deep, I do deep not. cut here. I do uh, not. Wind, ele wind elemental? Yeah. It was the dude we put in the box. Yes. We made a box. We made it. Did we name it or did you name no. it? That's no. gonna matter. No. That, that would it would it be something a, from like uh social media. I'm yeah, go a listener. Windy. Well, around <laughs> what day did we record that episode? <laughs> Man, that was a while ago. Was that was quite a while. That's probably back in March. Uh, I, I don't know. What was the name? It was uh, Chanel. Chanel. Named after Chanel on Twitter, a.k.a. Fruit Bat. And not Gus's favorite yeah. fashion brand. Mm, I'm a cocoa head. Is Fruit Bat also <laughs> the one that did the screen for Yeah, us? I've got yeah. a really nice uh, DM screen courtesy of Fruit Bat. Thank you. Oh, nice. I think that's one of the neat things about this uh, podcast is we'll name NPCs after people on social media who interact with us or send us uh, messages using hashtag StinkyDragonPod. Or if they give us gifts. Or if they give us gifts. <laughs> Uh, so the party also had to escape a tyrannical cannibal and a prehistoric T-Rex, stumbling upon an objectively sexy Orox, we determined that. Objectively. Mm -hmm. And turning back time to battle the infinite Sleek himself. Once again, Paralyte intercepts to save the day by stealing Sleek's magical loot and capturing Brink Tussler. The interns and Sleek escape at the last moment into a magical portal leading to places unknown. <laughs> at the time. Well, yeah. I mean, we know now. In the arc entitled White Winter, we catch up with the team three weeks since the events of Erbloom. The interns and Sleek have been surviving in the frozen tundra of Kaltberg, a land populated by walrus folk called Valrossians. 
They come upon a wondrous cave from an ancient race of polar bear folk, the Ishbjorn. Amidst the caverns, the party saves archaeologist Archie from becoming a dwarven popsicle and pick up a mysterious amulet, or as the party calls it. Hey, don't lump in the whole party with him. <laughs> amulet. They're the, the amulet. Archie leads them to the village of Brumafume, where they are tasked with a rescue mission that puts them at odds with the ghostly Ishbjorn and possessed Valrossians. The interns flee the town, but tumble into the ethereal plane where they encounter a third infinite, Spectral the Surreptitious. They learn that since Spectral lost his Ishbjorn soulmate to a Valrossian, he has taken on the plight of the ghostly Ishbjorn, waging a vengeful war on the Valrossian king. The interns and Sleek convince Spectral to give them a little time, one night to talk to the V-King and avoid a war. The interns sneak into the capital of New Valross during a massive festival and are able to save the true king of the Valrossians, V-King Knife. We also earned our place by doing a magical performance. That's true. What was the name of that festival that was going on where you did your performance? The 100 Year Thon. Festival? Close. It was a 100 Fest. 100 Fest. Yeah. How could we forget? I was like, 100 Year Festival? Not to be confused with Toyota Thon, which is also uh, <laughs> going on later around the same time. Happy Honda Days. Happy Honda Days. If you celebrate, happy Honda days. <laughs> uh, with the help of local deity, goddess Andi, they're able to bring peace to a century of hostility. V-King Knife grants the interns and two infinites ship's passage back to Boulderay with a mission to infiltrate Paralite's lair. The interns set sail homebound for Boulderay, only to find it overrun by Paralite's army of Everguards. They free Dr. Ahem, take back the town and volunteer to explore the memories of Sleek and Spectral using Dr. Ahem's dreamery experiment. After hunting for clues of Paralite's whereabouts, the interns return to reality, sneak into Elderling Village with Sleek and Spectral in tow. Little do they know, it's yet another trap set by Paralite. What? <laughs> At the last moment, they're saved from a brainwashed Spectral by a sacrificial Sleek. The interns barely escape, but with vital clues to Paralite's next location. You're not going to quiz us on what the name of our favorite character from that arc was? What was the name of your favorite character? <laughs> Little, from? Jimmy. Little Jimmy! Little Jimmy! Little Jimmy. Oh my God. <laughs> what was he doing? He's, uh, he's, he's leveling up to become the next villain in the, the next arc. Oh. He actually got into a realty. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> right when the market crashed. It was ter <laughs> terrible timing. Word around town is they're calling him Big Jim now. Mm. Oh, wow. Yeah. Medium Jim. Let's not get ahead of ourselves. He's on his way. <laughs> yeah. He's on his way. Jimbo. Jimbo. <laughs> the Interns set sail to the port of Pescar, engage in a race with Paralyte to the top of an ominous ziggurat called the Escalon. At the top of the tower, they run into a disfigured duo-headed Grizzleave, a monstrous combination of the Infinites Aleve and Grizzleave, which we spoiled a little earlier. After a successful brawl with Grizzleave, the interns encounter a rare attack of opportunity on Paralyte herself and catch a glimpse of Paralyte's lair under a frozen lake. And the lake was named... Cheer Lake. Hey, look at that. Dang. Very good. Fast on the draw. Yeah. You knew. Uh, they locate the secret lair, but are captured alongside an old acquaintance, Archie the Archaeologist. He's just always getting into trouble. There, they learn of Paralyte's plan to police the world using a divine-powered gemstone called a diagem. They free themselves and engage in an epic battle with Paralyte and her Everguards, but the interns are interrupted as Archie reveals himself to be a powerful creature called Entropa. Now freed from his corporeal prison, Entropa seizes the diagem and seeks out the rest of these mystical gemstones. The interns return to Boulder a mid-election with Brink Tussler as the front runner for mayor. Who was he running against? It, it was uh, 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 that one guy that uh, made, not the guy that made coffee, but the, his friend. What? Not Duncan, not but Duncan, Duncan, but like the, what was his Was it friend? a Dragonborn? I think it was Dragonborn. It was his husband? No. Was it Duncan? 
It was a, it was a Dragonborn friend. Hey, can we start naming characters and places after like either Pokemon stuff or X? <laughs> I remember it so much better. Do you know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah, you're close. It was the uh, the Mayor Paddle's old assistant, Lewis P's and Q's, who Lewis. taught you how to make, make coffee. coffee. Yeah, That's right. Uh, and then we taught Duncan, and then now Duncan is the world's top barista. Right. Yeah. While in the library, Kyborg is sent a surprise from Quadron, his old rival, a self-destructing Squadron. It seems Quadron is hunting Kyborg to end his nemesis. After surviving a surprise ambush from Quadron Squadron, the interns visit the local temple to learn about the deity Daya and the lore of the Daya gems. After which, Brink Tussler is announced as the new mayor of Boulderay, and as his first act, he promotes the interns to Infinites. Congratulations! We did it. Mm, still suspicious. We need more money. <laughs> the next day, Dr. Ham and Meld conduct an experiment with the party to explore Kyborg's past and find out Quadrant's plans and whereabouts. As the Infant Knights, the party is introduced to Kydelius's family and hometown of Everwinter. But soon it is invaded by Quadron and a squadron of squadrones. Kydelius relives the harrowing memory of his family's passing and the genesis of his enmity with Quadron. With the past fresh in their minds, the party returns to present-day Everwinter, where they find a heart-pounding monolith that turns out to house a red diagem called the Source, which fits perfectly into Kyborg's iron arm. The party follows a lead to Pius Pass in search of Quadron's whereabouts, but all they find is a ghost town of missing pies, a host of serpentine flying tabulians, and Sheriff Gov and Deputy Pat. They strike a deal with the draconic tabulians, which leads them to the flats of Tabul, where they find the missing pie prisoners being sacrificed to the tabulians' leader, Mra, or as the party knows him, Quadran. Quadran. Mm, arm backwards. Oh. <laughs> the oh. You sounded you know, really enthusiastic about that. You know what's funny is I was recently going through my notes, and uh, when you first told us about the name of the villain that you're about to talk about, Umra, I wrote it down, but I spelled it wrong. How did you spell it? I, I gave it an H at the end. Because uh, I, I thought, maybe, yeah, <laughs> you're thinking Umbop. From yeah. The- I also realized now that I wrote down the six different types of diagems. Ooh, we know all six. Uh, at the source, reach, force, virtue, breath, and gaze. Six. There's only four of us. Dun, dun, dun. Bar, for people who may be listening for the first time, Barbara is the uh, the best note taker out of everyone in the group. Are you best or only? Only. <laughs> I have notes. They just make no sense. They're gibberish. They're not so, helpful. Okay, so, so best. best. Okay. Because I do have some notes. Actually, all my notes are mostly animals I've seen because then I can turn yes. into them. Yay, you're like a bird watcher, but you're just yeah. an animal watcher. I just do it because my memory is not super sharp, so it helps me. Mud subscribes to uh, zoo books. Zoo books. Wow, what a blast from the past. Uh, well, the party manages to persuade the rest of the Tabulians to peaceful terms, and in a turn of events, the Infinites defeat Quadran. Smarsh, the giant purple worm, arrives to help, sort of, and guides the party out of the flats of Tabul, eventually back to Boulderay. At this point, Mud has a visitor from his own murky past, Clay, his brother, who comes bearing bad news about their dying father, Lord Lomish. The party travels to the land of Withervanes and Mud's hometown, Babayu, but the reception is interrupted by a slew of yellow slimes known as Amnusia. These memory-munching monsters are the cause of Lord Lomish's comatose condition, and the party is sent on a quest by Mud's mentor, a Kajuju named Shaman Seuss. They must find ingredients to a bomb to heal Lord Lomish and others. They travel to the hillage of Morbane, looking for the Emerald Stone of Algerok, eventually uncover yet another monolith behind a waterfall. The monolith melts away, revealing a second elderly Kajuju, Algerok. 
The dying shrimp folk enlist the infinites into a secret society of diagem protectors, the Paladians, and then dies, leaving mud with the green virtue diagem. What was the Diarians? Remember those guys? What was that all about? Is that an all name for Paladians? Those are believers. Oh, okay. All right. The joke of the episode for sure. <laughs> Well, there's no <laughs> joke. You just couldn't say the word without laughing. Wait, which one did he get? The vir virtue? I got the yeah. virtue. It's the green one. Start writing. Which ones do you guys got? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Next, the party travels to the lagoon of Croakmire, where they delve into the recesses of an underwater temple in search of a sacred scroll. What was the name of that underwater temple? Hold up. I'm on it. Pantheon. Oh, no. Yeah, yeah, you got it. That? I like how you doubt yourself, though. Yeah. <laughs> Pantheon. Like, no, I'm stupid. That was wrong. I've been going through my notes. Try to keep up. Organize them. While searching for clues, Mud's soul is transported to Mount Celestia, a realm of deities where he encounters Amphibolus, the spirit of water. He convinces the spirit to grant him her sacred scroll and returns to the material plane to find the party surrounded by an army of amnesia. They escape to Bramble Castle with the ingredients for the healing bomb, but after some druidic traps and puzzles, they find Mud's family captured by none other than Shaman Zeus. She blackmails Mud into freeing her master from a demiplane prison called the Briar Orb. Mud recovers missing pieces from his past that Zeus stole from him and discovers he never had a brother. What? Biggest twist of all time. I still don't believe it. <laughs> also my favorite boss battle. Now freed from his planar prison sludge, the Monopolus unleashes an onslaught of slime against the Infinites, but in the end fails to engulf their memories. This is the boss battle you're yeah, talking about. What's that Monopolus? Uh, sludge. <laughs> that doesn't describe They're it the to me. They're the Heffalumps and Hoozles. I know. <laughs> it's a fun board game for ages 12 to 30. <laughs> All right, now the real answer. <laughs> what is it? It's a made up, it's it's like a... It's a creature you type. You know, an ooze yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah. that's all I wanted. Yeah. It's a mixture of Monopoly and yeah. Ooze. Yeah. Ooze. It monopolizes. He's got a yeah. monocle on. Yeah. <laughs> Old chap. I don't know if you know this, John, but I like mixing words together. <laughs> well, see, here's the thing about D&D &D because of, of my, my, my limited knowledge of D&D &D is that it is hard to tell where D&D &D right. stuff happens and where Micah happens. Oh, we haven't introduced Micah. Micah. I was about to say, episode. did we introduce Micah? Micah. Yeah. Oh, no. This is the producer and brother of John. Yeah. Oh, and, and, and writer. writer and yeah. composer, composer. Writer, composer. And mastermind. And, and voice I play of ping pong. Dr. <laughs> yeah, and voice actor. Yeah. You, uh, you voice more than one character, right? I feel like you've done a couple. NPCs, yeah, giving lover. I mean, all in fact, uh, <laughs> gross. I, you, you get, this episode hasn't come out for you, but it's come, it'll come out by then. I did the voice for the Silas the dragon, the singing dragon. Oh, nice! I, oh, oh nice, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, know, uh, I know Ben was like scrambling to fill a lot of roles, yeah. and so I uh, he, he was gonna have to go internal with some more roles. And so, yeah, you got you and you guys were saying Hector's in it as well as yeah. one of the dragons, yeah, yeah. We got great. a lot of people come up for these elders and dragons, yeah, heck yeah, that's so fun to listen to, which is a little fact about the show. All of the the, uh, the NPCs that you don't hear voiced by Gus are voiced by, you know, friends of yeah. the pod. Idiots that we grab from w wandering <laughs> the office halls. <laughs> you, come here, get in this recording booth. <laughs> At the last minute during your fight, uh, Sludge retreats via portal and leaves behind a subdued Seuss. Mud is reunited with his parents and a piece of his ancestry, the key to making briar orbs, the seed of a briarwood tree. I'll get one of those eventually. It's, it's, it's gonna growing. grow, it's growing, yeah. The party rescues the wither veins from the rest of the amnesia with antiseptic salt and head home, but they find Boulderay draped in darkness and subjugated by shadowy assassins. Inku, the queen of the shadow main, invites the infinites to the land of Totora and taunts Bart that his parents are trapped in the shadow main. Inku. <laughs> yeah, 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 use that. <laughs> the next morning, the infinites are informed by Meld and Dr. Ahem that Hugh Manor is on the loose and needs to be found. 
They assemble an entourage of old friends to help them find Hugh whilst the party travels to Tutorial to stop Inku and find Bart's parents. Which district in Urbloom was Hugh Manor the leader of? Jurassic World 6, the World Dominion. Well, in the past. <laughs> you, uh, you the one with the though. glass, right? Because he was... Mm, oh, jeez. So Urbloom was split up into different guilds and yeah. districts. Metal, a woodworking, a glass, and then a, a human-eating guild. That's a human different eating. set of notes that I do not... <laughs> He left those notes in his other laptop. Oh, My dog ate those notes. <laughs> yeah. Nah, it's a different I'll, Google I'll give doc. you a clue. Mm. The people that lived in those districts, I used the, their, like, their name, like that mm-hmm. race in the not, name of each district. Cannibal Land. No, no. So they were, like, they were humans. Correct. Mm-hmm. Don't know. Human. I see, I see Barbara scrolling like through her notes yeah. like crazy trying to figure um, it out. Control F H U M. Well, the problem is, is I only started taking notes on my computer. I had it physically before. Uh, it was Steinman. 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 Yes. yes. They love their cups. Yes. Glasses. Glasses. Stone. Stein. 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 Stone, yeah. I'm combining all my notes from like five different docs. All 10 words of it. I'm going to take the holiday break and consolidate my notes. <laughs> so, it's funny you say you like combining words. That's what I was going to say that's a very German thing, just like mashing words yeah, together, yeah, yeah. <laughs> all they do words all together into time, a, yeah. a super long word. But while en route via the Jebediah, the party has one last inventory upgrade with Bezler, who is leaving a life of larceny for a life of love with Euphoric, the lawyer orc. That's a mouthful. The party finally <laughs> arrives in Totora disguised as draconic citizens but they fail a blood test, which results in a bombarding naval battle at the border. The Infinites owl their way past draconic dangers <laughs> oh, to yeah. the province of Geo, where they, another battle is silently and stealthily raging in darkness. I, I didn't. I never thought I'd have a prouder moment than ruining your naval battle by turning into a plesiosaurus. I, that was I, the worst I one. I well myself with that one. We got to use owl as a verb there, which is great. <laughs> Uh, the Infinites leap into action, dispelling the darkness and skirmishing with shadowy assassins known as the Shadrow. Eventually, the party reaches the home of Elder Namido, who has been captured by the Shadrow leader, Bo Link, and is taken through a portal. The party gives chase and arrives in the dim dimension of the Shadow Main face to face with their very first dragon, Ladoria. Oh, and they rocked our, our stuff <laughs> pretty bad. <laughs> I thought we were going to die. In that it moment. was close. Well, the Shadow Dragon was also accompanied by none other than Inku, the Shadow Queen, who teaches the party a lesson on punctuality. The party escapes with Elder Namido back to the Material Plane and is given a mission to gather the other three Elders of Totora to summon the ancient dragons atop which mountain? Sayamoto. There you go. The, in, the notes have gotten much better and much more recent. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I had that too. <laughs> and yeah, so did I. I did. Look, it's right there. Yeah, I'm ruffling through my notes right now. <laughs> That's a cat. I also had a note about the, the dragon. Ladoria is the mean dragon. That's a good one. <laughs> I also have a note about uh, who voices Inku. Do you guys know? I know. Raquel Lilly. Raquel Lilly. Yeah. Yeah. Raquel Lilly. Yeah. Wonderful voice actress and a singer and performer. Big shout out to Raquel. Yeah, she's got music on, on Spotify and stuff like that. Check her out. So do we. We do. We do too, yeah. <laughs> the next album might be out by the time this Very possible, episode yeah. goes out because we're we're putting it out. Arc three, White Winter, which is very timely considering it's December. Uh, yeah. Dream. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it is really, it's really good music to like, if you're just like, uh, like working, yeah, and, yeah. working. Like I feel like when you're working and you don't, it's it's sometimes easier to focus on stuff without as many lyrics yeah, and instrumental mm-hmm. and instrumental yeah. stuff, that, especially stuff with like such a, that's inspiring and like dun dun dun. And you want to fight, mm-hmm. yeah. You, you want to fight, fight, fight the work. Yeah. Speaking yeah, exactly. of fighting, this next, I think this is the first album that i included like i started making encounter music 
because our encounters go really long. Mm-hmm. Okay. If you just had no music, it'd just be like really boring. <laughs> so I like started actually writing music uh, that was like really, really long. Like some of these are 30 to 40 minutes. Oh my God. That's great though. But they're I not, they're not like all, what I basically what I did is like, I would do like 10 or 15 minutes of original music, change the key of it and raise it up a bit. That's so great. <laughs> I, I, it's so funny to say, I have to give a little fact that I found recently that there was a graph that showed uh, the occurrence of key changes in pop music through years. I saw oh, that. Yeah. And that graph has severely diminished. plummeted. So, so Micah diminished. is doing the good work I'm Bringing adding key changes Raising back, it back to up. music. <laughs> key change does a lot. It's great. Yeah. <laughs> it makes it hell though when you're playing it on instrument. True. Because <laughs> then you have to These change. These are software. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, at this point, the Infinites travel across the provinces of Totora, dousing fires, rescuing folks from inkwells, and eventually finding all three elders. But along the way, they uncover a hidden monolith near the Temple of Sora. The party arrives in cross-sectional courtyard of dragons. After progressing through perplexing puzzles and assisting Silas with song lyrics, they arrive back at the Temple of Sora with one more diagem in tow. You're just totally running over a very important part of the story, which is Kyborg gives away his kisses forever. Oh, I feel like that has to be said. Oh yeah. To Lynn Murr. My wife. But we'll be <laughs> will be the wife. That you haven't gotten married. My wife. You're just a kissing bride. The, the what will be the long term uh, repercussions from that? Well, we well, don't you know. Speak draconics. Does that make you a kissing cousin? Nope. Uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> Oh, God. <laughs> However, at this point, night has fallen and the party must once again flee from Ladoria and climb Mount. However, night has fallen and the party must once again flee from Ladoria and climb Mount. My... Oh, what the hell? However, night has fallen and the party. Keep both those in, Micah. Keep both those in. However, night has fallen and the party must once again flee from Ladoria and climb Mount Sayamoto, the most difficult name ever to pronounce. Not the Sayamoto Park, the Mount Park. <laughs> After avoiding cliffside calamities, the Infinites find shelter in the heart of Mount Sayamoto and find a pool of primordial liquid. There, the elders summon four ancient dragons and ask for aid against Inku and the Shadrao invasion, but the dragons are furious at the sight of the Infinite Heathens. But destiny, it seems, is on their side as the dragons Sora and Elder Wanabe recognize a long-forgotten legend in their midst. Yeah, this guy. Bart the Quarterling. Bart, Bart, Bart. The dragonborn halfling destined to defeat the darkness and rescue Totora. Bart is imbued with draconic breath and the ancient dragons agree to give aid to Totora. The party dives back into the shadow main, but this time Inku isn't the only one waiting for them. The party encounters a familiar face from Urbloom, Hugh Manor, and two unfamiliar faces imprisoned by his side, Bart's parents. The Infinites rush into battle with Bolink, the Shadrow, and Inku. Though they fight bravely, the party discovers quickly they are no match for the shadowy forces, and in the end, Inku and Hugh Manor manage to have the last laugh and steal the party's diagems just before fleeing via portal to an unknown destination. Oh, dang it. Joke's on them. I didn't have one. (laughs) (laughs) The party makes haste back to Totora to find ancient dragons overcoming Ladoria and the Shadrow forces. But that's not all. Bart's dads are not just his parents, but also Gum Gum's godparents. What does it all mean? Find out in the next and final arc of Tales from the Stinky Dragon. That's news to me. What? Yeah. Yeah. This will be our last arc. Yeah. But the show will continue. Right. For this particular story. And then new stories will happen. Pleasantries, patrons of the Stinky Dragon, start the new year off by telling someone about the show. Make sure they follow us at Stinky Dragon Pod. We're on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Plus, don't miss out on joining the lovely Stinky Dragon subreddit. If you want to be part of the show, then make a post on social media using hashtag Stinky Dragon Pod. We might name an NPC in the show after you. 
Today's episode is sponsored by Honey, the easy way to save when shopping on your iPhone or computer. I don't know about you, I feel pretty good when I can find a deal. It makes me feel like I kind of game the system. Thanks to Honey, manually searching for coupon codes to help us do that is a thing of the past. Honey is the free shopping tool that scours the internet for promo codes and applies the best one it can find to your cart. So just imagine you're shopping on one of your favorite sites. When you check out, the Honey button appears. All you have to do is click apply coupons. You just wait a few seconds as Honey searches for coupons it can find for that site. If Honey finds a working coupon, you just watch the prices drop like magic. I've been using Honey for quite a while now and it's always amazing. It's one of those things that I just forget it's sitting there constantly working in the background until it's time to check out and then bam, it just jumps in like at the last second like a superhero and saves the day and saves me money. You name it, all kinds of sites I shop on, Honey works on them, whether I'm buying clothes or I'm buying gifts, if I'm buying tech or buying food, it's almost immeasurable the number of times that Honey has stepped in to save me money and it's just money that's sitting there. It's money that I would not be saving otherwise. It's like free money. Money. I, I don't don't tell anyone. I hate to say that, but it is like free money. Honey doesn't work just on desktops. It also works on your iPhone as well. Just activate it on Safari on your phone. You can save on the go. If you don't already have Honey, you could be straight up missing out by getting it. You'll be doing yourself a solid and supporting the show. Get PayPal Honey for free at joinhoney.com/dragon. That's joinhoney.com/dragon. So you know we do have some housekeeping stuff to get to and some leveling up, but. There is something I wanted to ask since we did our recap here and, you know, we wrapped up this arc. I want to talk a little bit about this reveal of Bart being the quarterling mm-hmm. because I felt like the hints were there throughout this arc, but the party never picked up on them. I feel like it's we don't pick up on a lot of stuff because we never know what's going to happen. And so, like, there could be clues and things that are super obvious in hindsight. But during it, we're just like, well, I like bringing it up because I feel like the audience largely didn't pick up on it either. Maybe it's because you all didn't pick up on it. They, they were like small hints that kind of like flew under the radar. And I like talking about this stuff now because like yeah. I feel like it's really uh, beneficial for not only the party here, but the audience as well. Like what? The blood test on yeah. the ship. Oh, yes. Bart's blood did not activate the blood but test. I thought See, that's because I did. thought it was because of the magic. Yeah, you cast uh, minor illusion, which wouldn't have covered it up. But we don't know that. Right. Uh. In reality, Bart's blood was part draconic, so the blood Whoa. test did not activate. <gasps> uh, and also... I picked you to test purely by random chance. Remember, I rolled a die to see who it would pick, and it landed on Bart. If it had landed on anybody else, there was nothing you could have done to mask that. Man, you're making me way more confident than I should be, being like, my spell worked. (laughs) I'm so clever. (laughs) I'm magic. There was was another one, too, when you guys were in the courtyard of all the different dragons, Mm -hmm. and you went to the fountain, Bart, Mm -hmm. and you touched it, and nothing happened to you. Whoa. Uh, yeah. But if I drank from it, I would have died probably. It would have been a lot of damage. I think someone else did touch it yep. at a later point and, and took a lot of damage. Yeah. And you all were like, why didn't it hurt Bart? Oh, well. I actually <laughs> thought it was because it was cycling through different like elements. elements and yeah. I was like, oh, it must have been an element that doesn't bother Bart. Like, I don't know, poison Heart. or something. <laughs> yeah. Because I do have resistance against poison. Some other I, yeah, stuff. Just, yeah. We just don't know so much. So mm-hmm. it's hard for us to pick up on mysteries because everything's a mystery. Yeah. <laughs> Is the, uh, the diagem that Bart got was that the breath one? Was it? Well, you got breath. I think it. I think it is. <laughs> yeah, it is. Okay. <laughs> but it's what gone color? now. But it's gone now. Yeah. It was blue. Blue. I guess I should unequip I source diagem now, huh? Yeah, make sure that's one of the housekeeping things we have to do. Make sure you uh, make inactive your diagems and ancient dragon scales in your inventory. You don't have to delete them, but just inactivate them. Yeah. Right. Oh, deactivate's also a word. Yeah. <laughs> I like inactivate too. <laughs> Subactivate. Yeah. <laughs> Not activate. A activate. <laughs> I can't remember if I used my dragon scale you thing did. or not. I did. You did. Yeah. 
That was a fun boss fight. It actually felt like very challenging. I like how Blaine calls every battle at the end of an arc a boss fight. It's because it is. Like a, like a video <laughs> it's game. It's very much, yeah, a holdover from old video games. I'm just glad I killed Jolie's character. That encounter could have gone either way. Yeah. It would have been a very difficult encounter. I remember when, uh, you know, Micah does all the writing. He sent me that module for that day. I remember what I said in Slack. I was like, wow, you're not holding back at all. You're, yeah. you're trying to kill him. Because <laughs> uh, I chose not to include the dragon because you guys had faced the dragon twice. Yeah. Mm. And I've been kind of holding punches sometimes with the monsters I create. But I decided just to throw it all in there. And because you guys are, you have so much you can do now. Mm -hmm. You have so many items. And you you have been good at doing teamwork stuff. So I thought, let's see how which way this goes. And it was, it was very close because you guys even started healing yourselves at the very end there. I think we would have, like, a couple more turns, we would have turned the tide. That's, that's the thing, yeah. It, yeah. It's possible. But that being said, Hume Manor was never even engaged yeah. into that combat. Oh, you mentioned that, yeah. Right. It's like on the enemy side, there were reserves to be called in if need be. Sure. I'm going to look at where I'm at, like, not spells, but I had enough that I could. we could have we had... A bit of a tussle. And can you say, like, you mentioned this after the encounter that, like, do you have different outcomes mm -hmm. depending upon how we do in the battle? Like, it's not always like live or die, but it's like, I don't know what, wh how else. You guys have objectives that I write, um, yeah. that the party has and, and that the villains have. Um, and so depending on who's getting the better of the other, mm -hmm. then there are success and failure. I'm putting those in quotes. Uh, it's like stingers to the show kind of thing. Yeah, and that, I like that Micah does that because like when I sit here and it's, it's my turn to act for the enemies, I'm like, okay, what are they going to do? Like I can see, like yeah. these are their goals in this encounter. You know, what actions do they take in order to try to reach these goals that are mm -hmm. right in front of me? Mm -hmm. And I just wonder if, if we'd done that encounter differently, if y'all would have kept your diagems. Possible. Hard to say. Yeah. Oh, that's sad. It's not that possible. hard to say for y'all. That's an alternate there. reality. <laughs> they're, probably, they're probably not going to tell us. <laughs> show's, not, show's not over yet. When the reboot yeah. comes out, Chris. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm the sure there's also cast. things that have to happen just for story progression alone. Yeah. And course. like the way things are going. We'll yeah, have a tell sure. all once the, the whole campaign, <laughs> you know, concludes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Until then, though. And there is a winner of our group, which one of us did the best that you will reveal. <laughs> I already have a, a trophy. We're keeping yeah. score. Yeah. Shotgun. Crap, we got to get a trophy now. <laughs> it's all the diet. Now it's an audio podcast. You can just say that you have one and we'll all say it too. Just buy like, oh, never. I'm going to say it. We'll save it. We'll talk about that later. I know you're going to say Yeah. Um, everyone gets to level up. Yeah. From level 12 to level 13. So everyone gets to roll your hit die and add it to the rolled hit points box. That's uh, even more damage everyone can take, more damage we can do, more damage for Inku to whittle down. Level 13. Mm -hmm. Yep. In addition to your hit points, everyone's proficiency bonus goes up to plus five. Cool. That's really good. Is that across the board? Well, yeah. it's, it's your proficiency, your proficiency bonus, bonus, which is yeah used to calculate lots of things. And that happens automatically. With yes. All of them. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's like <laughs> attacks and yeah. hits and all that kind of stuff. Animal handling, your uh, proficiency and your, some of your skills. Yes, mm -hmm. yeah. Bart, specifically, you get Song of Rest. Ooh. Your Song of Rest goes up to D10, I guess is what I should say. Okay. So now when you use Song of Rest, your allies regain an extra 1D10 hit points during a short rest. Do I have Song of Rest? You should. Let me look. I don't remember. It was I... a D8 before, I think. Um, maybe started yeah. as a D6. I'm not sure. It's under your features. Gotcha. Basically, whenever you guys take a short rest, if you want to play a song, you know. Yeah. Uh, You're the piano they can, man. They can gain extra hit points on top of the hit dice theory roll. Gotcha. Yeah, I don't know if I've ever actually used that before. It can be handy, yeah. Yeah, yeah. We're gonna, we'll make you sing a song whenever oh you say God. you can oh, use great. it. Oh, <laughs> great. I'm ready for it. You can upgrade the same ability 
twice. I'm going to get to you. Uh, oh, sorry. <laughs> uh, Bart, you also get a seventh level spell slot. I do. And there's two that I'm between. When you decide, let us know, because I'm curious to hear. I'm able to do resurrection. Ooh. I can Ooh. resurrect things. I could bring things back from the dead. That's a big deal. But... Yeah, I can't do any other spells after I do that one because it's so taxing. Yeah. If they're, they've been dead for over a year. Ooh. Gum Gum, you get Brutal Critical, which uh, means you can roll two additional weapon damage dice when determining extra damage for a critical hit with a melee attack. Bam, bam. Yeah. Normally with a critical, you would get two. Uh, now you would get three. I think I already get an extra one. Yeah, you had one, I think, and this is an additional one. In yeah. Ah. Kyborg, yes. you get Indomitable. Uh, which uh, lets you use this feature twice between long rest. Yeah, I, I had Indomitable, but now I have it twice, twice. which is great because mm -hmm. I lost my Diagem, which was the other thing that helped me pass saving throws if I failed them. Yes. Yeah, then the Indomitable just lets you reroll saving throw. And then Mud, you also get a seventh level spell slot. I do. Okay, cool. Do you know what you're getting? I don't know. Okay. Do you have Resurrection on there? No, I mean, no. maybe, but I, I'll, I'll look through. You'll look through? You'll find out. Okay, we'll find out. I'm curious to hear what you all take. Because as you look for that, you all also level up to level 14. Yay! So once again, you roll your hit dice and add it to the rolled HP box. <laughs> <laughs> Such an iconic little piece of music. Little ditty. I think that's like my calendar sound, like whenever <laughs> you get a calendar update. You level your calendar up. Yeah. More work. Bart, you get... Magical secrets. <laughs> Choose two spells from any classes, including Bard. Oh my God. So I get another two spells. Yes. From any class. From any class at any level other than like up to seven? Must be the same level. Yeah. yeah. Okay. That is huge. I guess. Yeah. That's a big deal. Yeah. Bard's a pretty big deal though. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah. You know, I think we already knew that. <laughs> you also uh, have unbreakable majesty. Your appearance permanently gains an otherworldly aspect that makes you look more lovely and fierce. Impossible. <laughs> Impossible. Jeez. I'm already a max. In addition, as a bonus action, you can assume a magically majestic presence for one minute or until you're incapacitated. And for the duration, whenever any creature tries to attack you for the first time on a turn, the attacker must make a charisma saving throw against your spell save DC. On a fail save, it cannot attack you this turn and must choose a new target for its attack or the attack is wasted. On a successful save, it can attack you this turn but has disadvantage on any saving throw it makes against your spells on the next turn. That's really good. Yeah. <laughs> How do, do I have to add these somehow manually somewhere or do, do they... Once you level up, it should automatically... Be added to my be added. sheet? Yeah, okay. you might have to refresh on D&D Beyond, but it should automatically show up there. Gum Gum. Yeah. You get Controlled Surge. Whenever you roll on the wild magic table, you can roll the die twice and choose which of the two effects to unleash. Uh, if you roll the same number on both dice, you can ignore the number and choose any effect on the table. Ah, power. Well, more controlled power. Controlled power. Kyborg, you yeah. get an ability score improvement, which is pretty big. Normally, you only get those every four levels, but you get one here. You sneak one in. And Mud, you have thousand forms. So you've learned to use magic to alter your physical form in more subtle ways. You can cast Alter Self Spell at will. Yeah, I can change myself to be like able to do stuff underwater. Like mm -hmm. I can get gills and webbing and all that kind of stuff. And my swim speed is the same as my walking speed. You're like Namor. I can turn into any creature at will to my appearance. Mm -hmm. So I can look like any other race or creature or anything like that. And then there's also... What's it called? Natural natural weapons. Natural weapons. Basically, I get like a bonus to I grow like fangs and claws or spikes or something like that. And I get a bonus to like melee damage. 
It says here you have to be naked while you do that. Thing. <laughs> <laughs> all right, just shreds all your clothes. Weapons. Quick question: Is there a place on D and D Beyond you could see all the spells? Because I basically, when I could pick my two spells from any class, it's just a list of them, not like the description. Yeah, I'll send you the list. Thank you. Believe it or not, it's dndbeyond.com slash spells. Excellent. <laughs> you can filter down. like you they can, couldn't make it easier? Yeah. Oh, gosh. <sighs> right, I'll be here for the next 20 minutes. One important note to say here about John's ultra self ability. So like you said, you can grow fangs, claws, spines, whatever. Uh, your unarmed strikes, you know, deal 1d6 damage. The important asterisk on this here is that these weapons are magic and you have yeah. a plus one bonus to the attack and damage rolls made using it. So if an enemy you're fighting, you know, has resistance against or immunity against non-magical weapons, you can use these attacks to overcome that. Mm -hmm. Just like how Kyborg cheats and all of his arrows are magical. No, it's not true. <laughs> So uh, while everyone finishes looking through spells and uh, fiddling with their character sheets, we have some questions from the audience that I, mean, I thought would be fun for us to go through here and talk about. Yeah. First question, which character or creature from Stinky Dragon should I craft into doll form next? From uh, Patty Mama Rising. Oh. <laughs> well, have we talked about the upgrades she did on our current dolls, but also the additional dolls she made for us? Have we? we haven't talked about any of those because we haven't put them into the shows yet. But if you want to, you can. Well, she gave them skeletons. <laughs> for context, y'all's mom made dolls of our main characters. And then we use, we've been using those dolls to make puppet videos. Yeah. Very elaborate. Very popular. Uh, if you haven't seen them. <laughs> More popular than this show. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Go to Tiki uh, Dragon Pod on TikTok or Instagram socials. or Twitter, anywhere. All and socials. Watch them because they're we work really hard on them. And we think they're awesome. But I, I, I want people to see them. Uh, Mike and I both visited home for Thanksgiving. I transported all the dolls there. My mom did a bunch of uh, repairs on it. If you're thinking of Toy Story 2 right now, you're correct. Oh, yeah. Did <laughs> uh, you write Andy on the foot? Yeah. And she upgraded the dolls to have wire skeleton, skeleton, yeah. skeleton. She worked hard on that. Yeah. So, so we could bend them into so place. Bend exactly. Them. They're Gumby now. <laughs> Honestly, it makes a huge difference when we're making those videos. Took a lot of work. Yeah. I watched her do one of them. Oh, well, we love her. Thank you. And she made my brother's character. Dr. Ahem. Yes. I love it so much. That little uh, draconic professor. And then she's working on right now Brink. I think they might be done. Yeah, she's done with Brink. Brink. Brink oh, really? And uh, Smarsh. Oh, my God. <laughs> and Hannibal. Hannibal, uh, this flying snake. Oh, flying oh, snake. That, well, yeah, Brink, yeah, because she Brink's asked me about, snake. like, what does Brink have? Um, so, but. Oh, I'm so excited. I'm a, if, if Mama Rai is uh, offering another one, what would you guys pick? Mm -hmm. Oh, gosh. <sighs> it's someone that needs to be, that has been in several scenes. I feel like we dunk on Sleek enough that we could find could some. Be, oh, that'd be nice for Ben. One. Another one, this is not as fun of an answer, but a utilitarian answer is uh, a headless one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, why? With, with a couple different heads that we could swap just in and out. Oh, just pieces. a body? He's not wrong. Just could she make one that has like a swivel head, like the dude from He-Man that just uh, has different like a faces. Velcro head that sticks on. Yeah, yeah. 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 we could try for like NPCs, you know, like yeah. random. The other character I could think of, but I mean, we usually like to pick pretty comedic moments for the puppet videos. But if we ever did like a more serious one, a Paralyte one would be cool. Yeah. Oh, that'd be fun. Paralyte would be very fun. Because we yeah. have had a couple moments with Paralyte. Yeah. I think we, for Mud's dad, we just did Mud and gave him like a, <laughs> with a, a, beard. Yeah, <laughs> a beard and mustache. <laughs> what about a, a Humaner? That'd be fun. 
Oh, yeah. The goatee and everything. Yeah, like yeah, that. yeah. Yeah, I'm trying to think of like characters we've had some like really funny. Uh, my vote goes towards uh, Sleek as well. I, I, I think, think a Sleek a one, one would be great. Would be good. Yeah, Kyborg's best friend. No. Queez like sew their hands together permanently. <laughs> <laughs> Every scene he's just got sleek. My mom just starts snow- sewing in like a little Velcro patch on Sleek's hand. <laughs> sends one to Kyborg. <laughs> we definitely need a sour Amy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, Lisa. From, uh, uh, the jail. White winter. White, uh, white. winter. White. white. The problem is like all of these are would be great characters, but they're only in like one scene. Each. Like sour Amy was so great, but. Little, no, Jimmy. That was it. I said that little Jimmy. Little Jimmy. But just make him so small. Yeah. Can't even see him. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a uh, regular size Rudy on Bob's Burgers. Yeah. All right. Next question. This one is uh, aimed at me. I, I didn't pick this question because this, this sounds like I'm, I'm patting myself question, on the Gus. back. It's fine. How did you get so good at being a DM? Yeah. <laughs> the way you describe things is so easy to did follow. Did your mom write that one? Your flexibility <laughs> is admirable. Follow up. Where did you gain that level of patience? Couldn't be me. That's from Epic Sloth Toes on Reddit. That's my alt account. <laughs> but I have the same question and I brought this up last episode of just like Gus really puts up with a lot from us and like explains things very clearly. It's just I think most of it's just going with the flow like just it's just improv stuff right like yes and you know lots of times it's easy to want to say no and explain the rules but honestly I think it's easier for a DM to say yes and let a player explain what they want to do <laughs> and then let themselves hang themselves with uh, <laughs> with whatever they're saying. It's, so it's really not getting in the way of what the players want to do and just being like, yeah, sure, why not? You know, mm-hmm. I think early on I, I was a lot more rigid, but I think as time's gone on, it's been like, yeah, sure, whatever. You know, it's funny you talking about that. It makes me think of something that I connect with. I can connect with is like with comic book writing. And that is, is that there are like characters that have rules and powers and that kind of thing. But depending on who's writing them, can kind of fudge with it a little bit and have some fun with those characters. Mm-hmm. I think that's a good version of what you do. There are definitely hard rules of what a druid can do, but you know, in the hands of the DM, I think you should be able to be a little bit malleable. <laughs> yeah. Unless Gum Gum wants to take five bonus actions in a turn. Yeah. <laughs> I also wanted to just hear about your history. Like how, how long you've been playing. I've been for- playing D and D for a long time. I think the first time I played D and D was probably like, 1992 or something it's probably wow. been like 30 years i grew up in a really small town and we would buy secondhand D books because we didn't have a book so we would go like drive two and a half hours to san antonio to like buy secondhand D books and we actually started with the first D before it was called advanced dungeon dragons it was just Dungeons and dragons which mm-hmm. was a nightmare then we played a D. then we moved on to second edition then i played a really long campaign when i moved here to austin in third edition i probably that campaign lasted for like five years or something Golly. i played some 3.5 skipped fourth and then you know we did a show here before heroes and halfwits which was uh D, and then kind of picked up here with stinky dragon and rt D. and rt D. Oh, yeah. that's right oh, yeah. yeah of course the precursor to Stinky tales from the stinky like dragon we needed that to like get in line with how to play D. <laughs> it was a really like long together. pilot episode as well. Very long yeah. pilot. rt D walked so that stinky dragon could fly <laughs> Um, got a question here. Are you guys going to miss your current characters and will you be bringing some kind of item or gimmick or memory with them to the next story? That's from Mako30 on Instagram. I'm actually, this might not be a fun answer, but I'm actually really excited to try to do something completely different than mm. what did this whole campaign. I think that's part of the fun. It's kind of like when you're playing an RPG and you did the whole, like, you know, first time you play through the whole thing as a certain, like, you know, ranged, uh, you know, bow and bow and mm-hmm. uh, an arrow kind of person. You're like, okay, now magic. It's fun. So I think I'm going to try something very, very different, but I'm going to try to do another bad accent. 
So mm-hmm. you can look forward to that. I like whenever I play video games like like Dead Space or Doom, I find the build that is like the best suited for for m- murder and killing. And then I find myself like, oh, this is boring because I'm just doing the same thing over and over again. Like, let's mix it up. Let's try this other weapon, upgrade this other weapon stuff. So I'm excited to do that with another character, although I love Kyborg dearly. Um, but I have an idea for another guy, and I have to get approval from uh, Micah and Gus as to whether they'll allow him. You know what I would love from you? What's that? Considering Barbara does it, Chris does it, and I do it, I want a voice. Yeah, no, yeah, <laughs> yeah, and voice. He had one for a, but it, for a minute. No, the other guy would have a voice. Okay, it, it was just Good. like there's a lot of things that they need to. I say that say I say yes that out of, out of love of your talent because you're a very talented uh, character actor yeah. and performer, and I love it. When, I mean, you had an entire podcast around you doing a voice the entire time. Maybe that's why I didn't do a you voice. Also picked, <laughs> you also picked the most like damaging way to do a voice. <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah. like Andy Serkis doing Gollum for forever. Yeah, it's fun. Yeah, I don't know what I want to play next. I need to think about it. A beefy melee yeah. class. Although I kind of wanted to play, uh, I don't know if anyone's going to play a female character next round or what people's plans with that are. Maybe. Maybe, maybe. I don't, I don't know. know. I think be considered androgynous, so we'll see. Yeah, we'll see what happens. I do want to play something like pretty opposite to Bart, though. Yeah, I think it'd be fun. Although I can't help but be super charismatic. Something, yeah, <laughs> ugly and uh, <laughs> self-conscious. Are you going to play me? Oh, God. <laughs> Hey, here we go. Um, for everyone, what has been your favorite unexpected, unplanned piece of character development that came from getting to know them better? That's from uh, Simile22 on Twitter. I've really enjoyed like the progression of Bart and Gum Gum's relationship. Like, I think like diving into that more. And you didn't think you like, like Chris? No, I just, it's not that. <laughs> I think it's like more of just like how cute their bond is yeah. and like how much they love each other and care about each other. Yeah, I think it went from a, oh, they, like, know each other. It's, yeah. like, a mice and men kind of linny thing. And then... Watch out, Bart. I know. <laughs> <laughs> watch out, Gum Oh, watch out, Gum Gum. Yeah, yeah. Wrong way. <laughs> but to being, like, feeling like a real relationship. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like it, Very wholesome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, having it having heart, not just, like, I don't know, a theoretical, like, something. We Oh, yeah. Blah, blah, blah. It very much feels like... Big brother, little brother kind of relationship. But you, Kyborg? I was going to say, I feel like Kyborg is as hated or more hated than he was in the beginning. Oh, of the no. 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 After your arc, you did a lot of redemption uh, uh, parades. Yeah, and I tried to do that. Like, it, it was like a thing where it's like, no, the natural progression of Kyborg's character is that he would change after, like, having closure in that part of his life and seeing his mother and, like, having that connection with his family once again. But I like uh, all of the smart stuff, like, outside of the Sticky <laughs> yeah. Dragon or the... Uh, infinite crew smarsh is like kyborg's brother and i always like when he shows up what about you john oh i well i i have to play the person who is responsible and moves the party along character all the time whenever we do stuff it was basically my character in our last campaign it's been fun to find moments i didn't think i'd get to have them but it's been fun to find moments to play this game the way i like to play some games which is just do the thing chaos just do the thing mm-hmm. you know don't don't worry about like uh you know what's gonna happen if we do the thing uh, do the thing see like what happens drinking the potion in yeah. pious pass that yeah. caused you to oh, become yeah. engulfed in flames like, what are you doing <laughs> yeah, yeah it's fun because it's i because i i do that in fact we were doing that on a stream yesterday when we were playing a video game and i I wanted to test something, and I'm sure enough, it killed my character. <laughs> but I was like, I want to know. And Chris's like, why do you need to know? And I'm like, it's fun to just find out what happens. 
I think next campaign, John, you and I will play the chaotic do whatever. You guys have to be smart. And you, you guys too. will play the smart. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I have that build. I just need it. I'm, I'm excited to see if it works out. I think next campaign is going to be a lot of fun. What about you guys as the DMs and writers and organizers of this whole campaign? Well, I think Micah did something really smart in like early in the series. He asked for like very broad background from each of the characters, yeah. like very nothing specific, just like, what did you do before? You know, just where well, there were no rails on the answers people had to give. So it was really up to them to just write down whatever they wanted. And it was all very loose. But then like taking all of that, like and breadcrumbing it and then finding ways to weave it all together. I thought that was all done really well. Mm-hmm. Thanks. Appreciate that. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I I just like listening and picking up on little hints or like throwaway jokes that you guys make. And I'm like, that's going to be canon. (laughs) 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 Just weave it into the story. Like coming to this last arc, I was sweating the other day, like trying to like planning some more, like brainstorming some stuff. And I'm thinking like, I have all these like tangential things I got to wrap up in one last arc. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's exciting too, because like, like, like Blaine was saying, like it's exciting to see the next thing that's coming out, you know? Mm. Um, and so I'm looking, I like, I like both. I like bringing something to a healthy conclusion and then also moving on to another, mm. uh, you know, breaking point. We're, we're also constantly, even though you don't normally hear Micah during an episode, we're constantly communicating on Slack. We sit right next to each other and there's a, a constant back and forth throughout every episode. I remember early on, Duncan was supposed to be just a throwaway character who appeared like in that one room yeah. in that one episode. Yeah. And then like I mentioned him again or brought him back for some reason. And then Micah replied, oh, God, he's canon now. <laughs> no. yeah. I guess Duncan's here for, for good. <laughs> and uh, yeah, now he's uh, he's around all the time. And yeah. instead of just being a one and done, quickly forgotten uh, NPC from early in the show. Well, I think that like convinced me also to bring back Wilhelm as well, because Wilhelm oh, was yeah. another door character. Mm-hmm. And I was like. Yeah, he's real. <laughs> you should make a character that's a talking canon. That's like, oh, he's canon now. Okay. What? Anyway, we have another <laughs> we have another question here. Uh, why is John allowed to cast spells and talk while using Wild Shape? I figure the talking is because it's comedy D anD D, but the spells seem op. That's I don't cast spells during Wild Shape. Ryan thirty seven on Instagram. I was thinking about this because I think what they may be thinking of, because in the past, I think we might have fudged that sometimes, but I'm not sure. But in later episodes, it's been like you cast a spell before you go wild shape and it's like concentration. And we've let that go because that's, I think that's actually agreed upon in the D&D world. Mm-hmm. Oh, interesting. The talking we allow just because it makes for better show. Yeah. Like I should be able to talk to the team. On an audio podcast? Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and th- that actually reminds me of what I was going to say earlier, but what I forgot. There was a, a comment, you know, in one of the, the puppet videos, I saw someone had commented something like, uh, oh, you silly fifth edition kids. You don't have to make a roll for everything. It was the one where Bart was crossing uh, on the on the rope. Oh, yeah, yeah. And got scared. And it's, you know, while it's true, sometimes I may have you all roll unnecessarily like sometimes I'll have you all roll something if I'm stalling. I don't know if I've ever told you all that before. <laughs> it's also like, I feel like that's fun because then you get to craft the story based on how we roll, yeah. even just like the small details. That's the other thing. Yeah. It leads to like great successes or great failures lead to funny moments that you can then like explore and like really lean into. Yeah, like Gum Gum's hat being over his eyes. Yeah, <laughs> right. Some of our best comedic moments are fails like right rolling a one or something mm-hmm. so i think yeah you know maybe sometimes i may make you all roll more than necessary but i think that's because it's, it's turned out to be good for us and it leads to really good moments we can lean into and uh, and have fun with definitely question here this is the perpetual question i think every D group wonders if you had a four-way fight who do you think would win in character and in real life 
That's from Jason McCloud on Reddit. Mm. It probably, I don't know, because you got some of our characters that are super strong and have like really crazy attacks, but then the other half have like really cool spells. Yeah. The spells are a big deal because I have three attacks and high HP, but like Gum Gum has uh, rage and then you guys have like insane, like I cast, this is the sixth edition. It's a nuclear bomb. Yeah. yeah. I'd probably still say probably Gum Gum or Kyborg just because of like, no, don't you don't think so? I, think, I don't think so I, I at think all. Mud has, Mud could be beefy and has spells. That's, I was thinking it through is like, uh, uh, you know me, I'm not someone to, to, to tout my excellence, but I think the way that the a druid is built, especially a moon circle druid. He's just built different. Uh, it is. It's very different. And you're, I think you, you're correct, Chris, because mud basically has two lives that mud gets to play. And then in the second life, it's like a boss with like different you know, rounds. Mm-hmm. Um, and then like, so the first one would be mud would absolutely cast something magically that would be terrible for y'all any of you and then turn into the biggest thing he could as far as like something with big HP. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the way that like the wild shape works is that I then get to burn through that HP. Yeah. And then now I'm in my magical form again and I would just call, you've seen it. I would call a bunch of, they call 24 owls to all take yeah, I, an attack. And that's like one of, I think three or four spells that mud has where he can uh, summon things to come and help. And so I think mud would be able to take you all down just sheer resilience and your rage would not be helpful against mud because mud's magical attacks, your halving of damage wouldn't really proc very much. What if we ran that simulation? Have you ever done that? Oh yeah. I think in downtime uh, in, in groups I've played in the past. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Maybe we could do that as a bonus episode. Yeah. Just a something. little combat, a little yeah. gr- gladiator, you know, the real question is who amongst us in real life would <laughs> win in a fight? Barb. Yeah, I, would say Barb. <laughs> I don't think Blaine in his worst days could ever strike you. And so I think he would just be standing yeah, there like, yeah. I can't do anything. Barb, stop, please. I could see, I could see, see Blaine getting upset that he that it wasn't him for a second he's like eh, I, i'm just strong and but then he's like oh wait yeah. Yeah. I, wouldn't, I, wouldn't, I, wouldn't wanna, I wouldn't punch barb like blake you could barbara. drop barb in one hit but we know well, that oh my god <laughs> you could let's not put this into people's minds no no i'm just saying sideways but you but you would never you wouldn't you would even feel bad pinching barb is you like if as soon as barb made any sound hey, of guys pain, i'm all about feminism come at me <laughs> yeah. no, i'm saying this is not about a feminine thing this is a a a like a brotherly sisterly love kind of thing yeah. Yeah, and so, hard. but you would totally be able to use that in your favor of like a barb would have to make one sound of pain and blame like sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> come, come to the day yeah. of and like everybody's poisoned. Yeah. <laughs> now that I think that idea of the players all fighting each other has you know has been tossed out there. I think uh, Blaine's gonna Batman it and have Kyborg come up with scenarios for taking down every single person. <laughs> like you see the wheels turn, you like figured out their strengths and their weaknesses. Bro, and- I own Tower of Babel. I can, I can Batman, Batman anybody. If anybody knows what I'm talking about, they're old nerds who've read comics. I read the Bible. Oh, <laughs> uh, question here uh, from Lemon Chaser on Twitter. How much time has passed in game? Has the adventure for the group been going on for a few months, even a year? 12 days. Yep, that's it. <laughs> and five golden rings. Um, no, it, we mentioned, I think, in the episode when you guys came back to Boulderay and you became infinites, that that was a year oh, yeah. since you started as interns. That feels about right. And so from then, it's probably getting close to two years, but it's probably just been a, a few months, like somewhere yeah. between a year and a half yeah, and two years. The stuff we've done after that point yeah. in the story has felt shorter than... Yeah. 
the mm-hmm. beginning. So of the you're story. telling me we've never had an episode celebrating anyone's birthday. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think we talked about it at one point. I was like, because initially Gum Gum was 15. At some point, I said he was 16 and yeah. he had a birthday. Yeah. And I said, but he might have had two. I think I forgot one. You know? <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> that was recent, wasn't it? Yeah. A couple yeah. Yeah. Ago. Yeah. So, like, in the last I episode. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if Gum Gum's 16 or 17. Somewhere in there. That's a real Gum Gum answer. Yeah. yeah. If your characters had a love interest, who would that be? That's from Pimsan1 on Instagram. Literally everything and anyone and any anyone that we've encountered. Barb just says, yes. Yes. <laughs> they would be lucky to have Bart. Exactly. I think Gum Gum, much like Gimli. Sorry, sorry. I'd say Gum Gum kind of is kind of like Gimli in Lord of the Rings where he'd like fall in love with like a Galadriel type, you know. It has for a strand of hair. <laughs> so Inku. <laughs> Inku, yeah. Inku. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I yeah. also, I was re-listening to some episodes and I forgot that I hit on Auntie. <laughs> When oh, we yeah, see yeah, Andy, yeah. And I'm like yeah. this like goddess. I'm just like, hey, how you doing? And I'm like, what am I doing? <laughs> Actually, more than Inku, I put you with Paralyte. Ooh. What? I think I think but like a redemption arc of Paralyte and then Gum Gum and Paralyte uh become friends. Let's see some fan fiction. I've already like, spoken for with he's, Winmer. He's underage. Not anymore. He's Not 18. 18 we don't like know. a like a zoo, like a Zuko <laughs> thing, you know, from Avatar. I'm spoken for. The movie, guys. <laughs> I have a wife. <laughs> yeah, Linmer. My kissing dragon wife, Linmer. I, I actually like the idea of that. Like you guys are like, oh, it's against your oh, will, and no, it's like, I loved no, it. she turned into like a beautiful dragon lady, and I can. I, we have our own language of love. I like dragon. It. Yeah, that was another one of those things that was uh, unaudible during the episode. I think we were having like Micah, Ben, and myself were having a, like a furious text conversation about what could it be, like trying to figure out options. And I think we're we're very happy with that one. Yes, very. I'll tell you about it after the show because I'll bore everybody with the details, but there's actually a X-Men character recently that had a very similar situation I think you'd like. I have a, a multiple questions here. These are all, we're going we're to rapid fire through these. These are all from Julia Darkcrest on Reddit. Who's one of our mods. So thank you, oh, Julia. Yeah. Yeah. I, oh, see, cool. I see them uh, posting all the time. They're, they're awesome. Which is why we're allowing the multiple questions from one, <laughs> <laughs> from one person. One of our mods on the subreddit? Yeah. Okay. Fire away. Uh, for me, have you considered using an egg timer during combat to help speed up Blaine? I mean, players' turns? Uh, <laughs> also, will you let Mud find a creature he can put in his Pokeball like Smarsh? Uh, I feel like... <laughs> Things have gotten a lot faster. You know, we try to do things now, like alert people ahead of time when their play when their turns are coming. Blaine just has so many actions Our he can do. Our last episode was one combat. No, it was two. We made y'all went through a couple rounds. But I'm saying it's just one fight. Yeah, yeah, but it was all it was a boss fight. Yeah, but I'm saying that, but that was a, that was the entire episode was one boss. There fight. were a lot of that was that was a very hectic fight. Yeah, I do feel bad for the amount of time that I eat up, and I try to hurry through it. You, it's appreciated. You, but you, you, have, to, you have to understand that, like, I have to assign that someone is my mortal enemy, which then cascades into additional roles. There's a flowchart. There's yeah. like a whole thing. <laughs> uh, it is funny because we put out a, a skit on social about what it's like to be last in initiative. And we had Blaine play the person who was last. And there were so many comments being like, was this payback for like, him always taking so long? I do think whenever you do give us like pressure, we do move faster. There's like, I can't remember what battle it was where maybe things were flooding or something was happening. And you're just like, oh, you got to go, got to go. And we moved really fast because oh, of it. Was there, it when you were all fighting Paralyte? There was some thing with the timer. That was more of a puzzle, not a combat situation. Yeah, there was a puzzle where it's like if every time we pressed it, the timer would like restart over or something like that. I still feel like there's a combat one that had There was like, water in the White Winter one. 
the arena, like the, the walls arena melted. Coming in. There was also an herb loom uh, room, like a bakery that you guys, it was filling up with dough. That, I don't know if this is what you're thinking of. Yeah. That. Yeah. I know what you're talking about. I don't think there was combat there. I think that was yeah, just there was maybe combat. Yeah. Maybe, maybe it was just, but yeah, I, I think it was one little... where like we kept pressing the button. And, and we'd be like, don't press it. Stop pressing it. Yeah. Because <laughs> we're just yeah. like reset it or something. Mm-hmm. I like great I mean, puzzle. I think those can help like urgency and keep it, keeping us moving whenever there are those like outward, you know, pressures. If the audience is confused, I think, Barbara, you're referencing something that happened in our last campaign. It did. Uh, that was RTD&D, but I believe we also revisited did, did it. Did we revisit it? Yeah. Okay. Here, I don't remember where specifically. Okay. Oh, gosh. A little deja vu. Yeah. Urban. <laughs> Micah, would you consider being a DM for a one-shot or short campaign so Gus can join the shenanigans? Also, maps. Can we get the map of Phasa for the wiki, even if it's just a rough draft? Micah's already DM every episode. Yeah. <laughs> DMing's fun. I, I got to do it recently with some friends. I enjoy doing it. Uh, that's one of the reasons why I really got into D&D, because it, it kind of tickles all my fancies of like, it's theater, it's music, it's everything. Uh, but yeah, right. I mean, like I said, I think last time Gus is doing such a great job that we were happy with Gus. Oh, shucks. Uh, but yeah, if we want, if we want to do something where Gus could play, I'd be happy to DM. And we also actually have a alternate DM plan Ooh. for something that's going to happen after the end of this campaign. Um, a little mini thing. A little mini thing. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Like a, as, a as many special... as little Jimmy or like yeah, <laughs> no, no. special DM. Special DM, little Jimmy. There's a question here for Ben. Even though he's not here, he answered it in the document. So I'm going to go ahead and read it. Okay. Uh, no questions. Just a thank you for being so engaging with the community on both Reddit and Discord. Actually, yes, one question. When is Sleek coming back for his encore? Ben says, love interacting with the community on social. Follow us on Reddit, TikTok, Discord, <laughs> Twitter, etc. And Sleek is always ready for an encore as long as Kyborg is in the front row. <laughs> <laughs> It's going to be that scene in every, like, uh, movie where the person's, like, opening night and they look at the chair that they reserve for their dad and then their dad's not there. It just says reserved. That's <laughs> what's going to happen. And he sleep. keeps performing, keeps looking up, seeing if yeah, Kyborg's yeah. going to show up. And he never does. I'm going to do some type of disguise kit to make myself look like Kyborg <laughs> and go there. I can turn into Kyborg I'm now. So uh, <laughs> Whoa, what? That's, oh, my God. I yeah, missed that think, detail. Um, Ultra think self. Mystique. Wow. Wow. That's very That was cool. the ultimate goal. Do you have the term blue first and then you can... Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, the question for John here. I love your commitment to summoning birds. May I suggest the Canada goose, a.k.a. the cobra chicken? <laughs> Maybe I'll make a stat sheet just for that terrifying ball of hatred for you if Gus will allow it. All yeah, right. yeah. You, if you give me some new birds to turn my uh, my summon creatures into, I'd love it. Conjure animals. I think that's what it is. I love it. I, I've, I had forgotten. We, I'm, I, uh, I don't really listen to the show very often. But I've slowly been like listening. So I like how far back I'm in white winter right now. That's how far back I am. But uh, so people on the subreddit are really nice. And they post up about the new episode that came out often. I don't understand anything what they're referencing. Like anytime anybody goes like, oh, no spoiler references to the recent episode. I'm looking at them going like, what happened in this episode? Because I don't remember. You were there. I do yeah. think, John, you're the worst about remembering what oh, happened. Yeah. The previous recording. A hundred percent. My short term memory is is terrible. That's been my entire life. That's why I take no. <laughs> yeah, it's smart. But when people were post, some people posted stuff about the owl thing that just happened. And I was like, yeah, that was a proud moment. <laughs> the owls carrying the owls. I, I, we should not have been allowed to do that, but I appreciate you guys that, saying that, yes. That's going into the earlier thing, like the yes and let the player yeah. talk and figure it out. I also, I don't know if we mentioned this, but because we're leveling up, I assume we take a long rest. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, that's fine. Blaine, have you thought about doing your three attack rolls at the same time? Most of these enemies you will encounter probably... Need a couple of volleys to take out at this point, and it can speed up combat. Just a thought. I did not know that that was an option. You could. I think personally, I would say keep doing it the way you've been doing it, just for consistency's sake, to keep it all straight. Because then we'll, it'll be like, 
I just say when you roll three at the same time, you have to, if you're in person rolling three at the same time and you have di three different colored dice, you can say, this is the first, this is the second, this is the third. Yeah, okay. And you, you can easily keep track of it on D and D beyond all three look the same. Yeah. It becomes more difficult to keep track of which, and I know it lists them. It's just, it's more difficult to wrap your head around. What if we don't have to keep this in the episode, Micah, but what if, what if for the <laughs> final, like whatever the final battle is, mm -hmm. or, some, or if we ever do like the, like you guys are saying the gladiator event, uh, we roll with real dice. Oh, I would love that. And then you could do that. I think yeah. it would be a lot of fun. I just want to say how confusing that was, even for me, that you referred to yourself in the third person. It's <laughs> <laughs> another Micah. <laughs> yeah. Micah wears a couple hats. Barbara, did you like how your arc finished or is there more you would have liked to explore? Oh, I feel like I'm never left wanting after. Oh, well, in, in terms of like, I feel like every arc we do is so fleshed out and so interesting that it just it makes me always curious to know what's going to happen next. But I always feel like it's such a fulfilling mm -hmm. story. So I'm very curious to see what happens next. Obviously, I want to know more. <laughs> um, as you said before, like when we build our characters, we didn't really give too much we kind of had like a broad storyline of the background i gave nothing <laughs> <laughs> and that was revealed in your art <laughs> i didn't do my homework ever but like it's cool to like we're finding out our own character's backstory as we go too so it's like it, it's kind of weird to be like oh i have two dads <laughs> i should have known that well you maybe. didn't know one was dragonborn and that you're a quarterly yeah so like stuff like that, it's always interesting to like react in real time yeah. just as our characters be. So yeah, I'm very excited. I'm happy with how it ended and I'm super excited to see what happens next. Well, speaking of what happens next, Chris, your arc's next. Uh, anything you hope to discover for Gum Gum during it? Yeah. I mean, I want to find out more about Gum Gum's family. His God family and his biological. Uh, what's the opposite of God? Devil? His, oh, de devil. Family. His devil family. Yeah. No, his uh, real family Satanic. and his God His non-denominational family. <laughs> his atheist family. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I've had thoughts about, like, I feel like when Gum, Gum finds out more about his family, he'll find out more about himself. You know what I mean? Yeah. The real family yeah. is the friends we made along the way. <laughs> For everyone, are there any points in the whole campaign you wish you could go back and explore more, you know, get more lore, see if there were other options, etc.? I mean, definitely. What's, you know, little Jimmy, where's he at? Yeah. <laughs> I wanted to find out more about like Paralyte and her like in-game plans, you know, like she wanted to like take over and, you know, rule, but like I wanted to know kind of like where that would have gone. Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah. I mean, you all got some parts of it, I guess. Yeah. I guess I was saying like if things hadn't gone in 180 with Entropa, I wanted to see like, okay, well, what if she had one and we have her like fighting her. i don't know oh you want a what if yeah you mm. want a what if i was having a lot of fun in babayu and then i know that this is not like a good answer from a storytelling like narrative perspective but like the moments of peace that we have between each major conflict like after we got back from uh the flats of tabul and like Smarsh was with us and stuff like that, or he was like on his way and stuff like the the exploration of the peace and, and like yeah we're like yeah. We're, you were figuring out more about our town you know, uh, I think that those are fun periods. I figured out my answer, but I don't remember what they were called. What were the slow talking tree people? Oh, the man. Elder, elder pine people. I want to yeah. go hang out with them and learn more about them and their story. I like them a lot. It was cool because they those are like, like the, the, oh God, the forerunners from Halo. Like they had like advanced technologies and, and magics and stuff that were then stolen by the infinites. Like, I think that is interesting. Yeah. I just hated how they talked. I loved it. That was great. They were like the ants. I know. I just like to, I kept thinking of the ants. Yeah. I'm still convinced that there's something 
something more to Dr. Ahem. Like, I feel like there's going to be a big reveal about him. You and the rest point. of Reddit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they, all have, they all have their opinions. Yeah, all their theories. And I love just to sit back and watch. <laughs> Uh, the final note here from Jury Dark Crest. Keep it up, everyone. Can't wait to see how uh, this finishes and what the next adventure entails. Mm. What the next tale from the Stinky Dragon will be. Ooh. Yeah. Speaking of which, there's a, a, a question here from, I don't even know how to say this, XTT Weapon TDC on Twitter. When the show's new story starts, will we be seeing the same cast doing new characters or is anyone planning on swapping out? I adore this cast and crew. Just wondered if we'd be seeing any new faces on the show. Right, we finally like get fired. We kind of... <laughs> <laughs> we kind of briefly touched on this earlier, but it's going to be us, right? Yeah. 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 Just it's new, new characters yeah. and new characters. Um, although the, the mini arc yeah. that we're, that we're going to do in between this and the next big arc. Yeah. The non-canonical mini series. We'll have a different DM. Are we yeah. allowed to say, say that? Yeah. Okay. I, said, yeah. I said that earlier. Mm-hmm. I said okay. we'll have a special DM. Yeah. Nice. Uh, but then when we will return, it'll be the cast you hear right now. So yeah, don't worry about it. Same cast, new characters. Yep. I'm so nervous. <laughs> I'm going to miss my little part. Yeah. I just wanted, I just want my guy to be entertaining and funny. And like, it took like a, a, a while, I think for all of us to find our footing with these characters. And like, I'm sure we're going to hit the ground running and you know, having this like experience from this campaign. But I also just want, I'm so fair, afraid of failure. You know, it'd be really funny is if we are obviously not going to do this, but if we played the same characters, but we played each other's characters. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so oh. like I played Kyborg, I John played <laughs> Gum Gum. That'd be fun. It'd be so confusing. Yeah. There's so many abilities. Yeah. Give to the tra- traumatic dragon. Nailed <laughs> it. I said traumatic first. <laughs> It'll be interesting for you all to start over in a way, so that like even one We're hit have point, like ten health. Yeah, like <laughs> even the, the oh. tiniest bit of damage is going to have you super worried. Yeah, listening to because again, I'm really far behind, but listening to like what you do to us in the boss battle of that arc, I'm like. Yeah, that was nothing. <laughs> yeah. For the members who have gone back to listen to old episodes, are there any situations you wish you would have explored differently? That's from Krim Sonkin on Instagram. I regret everything about the fight with uh, Quadrant because right before that fight, you had introduced like two mini bosses and one of they them. They weren't mini bosses. Nope, they were just uh, two mini bosses. Just, just, <laughs> very strong, just, combatants, just regular. Better than normal, but still lesser than quadrant and uh one of them was uh miranda lorraine yeah miranda lorraine and i was like i'm gonna kill her in one shot and i did but i wasted all well, my not one shot kill her in like one one round, round. one round yeah. which then burned all of your slots it was very funny i was very excited <laughs> oh you're still up here's another arrow exploding arrow boom i would have loved to have been more of a participant in my boss battle with sludge <laughs> yeah just i would have loved to have done stuff what was wrong? I don't understand. I didn't do jack squat. Oh my God. I feel like that's not even a regret you could have. That's like a regret for everyone else. For yeah, doing I everything. still had a blast on that battle. I had, that was a, that's, me and Chris were like high-fiving at the door. We had so much fun. I don't think I have any regrets. I think like there were jokes I made or like, I don't know, things I said that obviously every time I perform in anything, I look back and I cringe. Mm. So I'm just like, oh, why would I do that? Yeah. Why would I say that? So like other than that, not really. I regret the days where you came in and you just weren't acting at your best. Like all of us have, I think I have had those days where you're just like, I'm just not feeling it. And like not picking up the jokes that everyone else is throwing down, but it like, it gives everyone else the opportunity to shine, but you're just like, I really sucked it up that episode. Yeah. There's, I mean, obviously the last couple of years have been difficult for a lot of us and like coming in, if your energy's not as good or if you're in a bad mood or whatever, like I regret being harsh sometimes or like impatient when I should have been a little less like that <laughs> a little more go with the flow we're all our own worst critics yeah okay so there's one where i think that you would perceive that as 
your behavior for a puppet episode that we have coming up, but you, it made you the straight man. Yeah. Which is much like, it was a very necessary component for the, the, the comedy of the thing. And it works out really well. So it's like, don't sweat it too much. I love the puppet episodes. Gus, is there any NPC you wish you had played differently? <laughs> <laughs> any NPC I wish I had played differently? Um, man, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> there's a, there's a lot of them. A fair few. Or any boss you would have played differently to try to do more damage because I know you've had a lot of regrets for bad battles. I hold back sometimes. But there's sometimes that you're having a bad one and you're like upset. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, that's more the, the way the dice roll. You can't really do anything about that. Sometimes it goes your way. Sometimes it goes the other way. Mm-hmm. It's hard to say. Uh, no, I think uh, it's all good. I'm, I'm, I'm happy with the way it has all turned out. No regrets. You wish you could play no that regrets. trivia pterodactyl more. Uh, was <laughs> the Stumper. What was his name? Uh, Steven the Stumper? Or No, it was... Did he talk like this? Yeah. <laughs> Scoville. Scoville the Stumper. That I was it. I loved that I loved part. Scoville the Stumper. Oh, that needs man. to be a puppet episode. Uh, Scoville the Stumper. Also, I also loved the trivia that... Uh, Oof gave everyone on the Bramble boat. Oh, yeah, yeah, there, yeah. Was, there was tons of information <laughs> so to learn bad. from NPCs uh, all over the boat. There was so much lore written and the party was just like, no, must focus on the goal and get to the end. No learning, <laughs> only combat. I like that one because I had one answer correct and yeah. I won because yeah. of one answer. <laughs> I'll also say, like, speaking of, like, your own worst critic, I have a hard time with any project of, like, turning it in and not editing just a little bit more, just a little bit more, just a little bit more. (laughs) So, like, it's hard to, like, let things go and just, like, because, like, I don't have anything to do with the episodes as they come out, like, as they, as a record, I should say. And so I'll, all I do is like, I give suggestions to Gus sometimes mm-hmm. and like, we just go with what, what happens. Well, it also must be tough as things are playing out, like, oh, I should have put this in there or I should have like had them do that or, or had this person say that I, to yeah, like steer in ex- this direction. expecting them to be this dumb. Or like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like the whole thing, like Paralyte's poison that we didn't know the yeah. whole Paralyte thing was her weakness. The sangria the night. The sangria yeah. night. Yeah. yeah. Like where, where could I have hit them over the head more with that? <laughs> now you were pretty on the, pretty on the nose and yet we somehow somehow missed it somehow missed there's also the mirror when we were fighting sleek right oh yeah Yeah. Mirror was controlling him and like we just we're like right 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 over our heads yep oh what fun (laughs) well speaking of big fights like that uh this next question is from swearing muffin on reddit uh, it's for Gus and the BTS team. Uh, I don't know BTS, but uh, maybe they mean behind the scenes here. Um, was there a plan? Thank you, John. Was there a plan for if the team chose to fight the dragon or would you uh, really have let them die? Oh, absolutely. We would have let them die. Yeah, that would be fun. That's TPK. That's, that's what happens when you face a dragon. But the puppets. But the puppets. But the puppets, though. <laughs> Think of the puppets. Think of the puppets. You'll do uh, scenes in like in the afterlife. <laughs> Yeah, you got plenty of back catalog. Dragon. Yeah, like we, like we said before, we we have contingency plans for how the battle or whatever goes. So like, if you fail, you're gonna fail. If you win, you win. But yeah, you're gonna regret your choices. A lot of people don't know this, but Mud's always co- holding one of the resurrection stones from God of War. So if it ever goes down, he'll just come back. Uh, for the cast, having played your characters for a long time and learned uh, more about them or developed them, what one thing would you go back and change if you could? Like appearance, stat, weapon. I love my character. Yeah. I'm good. Down to the second language that I was like, Draconic would be a cool language to know. I have no changes for Kyborg. You wouldn't want Draconic? Is that what you're saying? No, no. no. Like down to every every small detail. Like it was just like throwaway stuff. Like I was like, none of these languages are going to come into play. I would have made Bart even shorter and even beefier. 
a little squ- a little cute boy. Yeah. You, you didn't take the sliders <laughs> Three as far foot as nine I can go. Yeah. and two hundred pounds. Just <laughs> uh, can't I can't say doors. it. I can't say the word I want to say. A hockey puck. But it rhymes with mode. <laughs> <laughs> um, I not nothing big. I think sometimes there's I'm like when I'm leveling up or picking items, I'll second guess what I decided to do like there's a lot of choice yeah and like I was thinking like oh man because last time I upgraded or swapped for a different axe but I'm like oh man maybe I should have done better role play having done the flower upgrade so in my head I'm like would that have been a better like character choice you know Mm. like more on brand for gum gum no because we already have two magic casters so the fact that you're like I'm a magician and then you're slicing people's heads off is so funny (laughs) yeah but I also feel like a flower you know like I think his character probably might have picked the flower but the other part of me picked the axe well speaking of which there is a somewhat related question here from xxgen19 on Instagram what is your favorite item you have arm cannon hand Mm. cannon that uh, breath die gem was pretty cool (laughs) (laughs) now that you have that i currently i man my suspenders of Haglin are pretty fun like just from a dumb perspective of just like a silly little item i hate that you fully that every time we every time every time mart uses it it's so funny watching everybody in here cringe even though like anyone who's ever worn a bra before is just like it doesn't hurt and we always snap our bra straps it's just like something we're all used to I also, I feel like I haven't used it to its full ability, but I have that bag of holding mm. that I was given, I think from Dr. Ahem. I think so, yeah. But I feel like I could it's make... your best friend's a bag of holding and you don't need to put anything in yours. Wait, what? I'm talking about Gum Gum has a gazillion things in their inventory. Yeah. yeah. I do have some stuff I, I'm like waiting for the right moment to use. Uh, oh, like a hoarder. <laughs> no, I just... <laughs> <laughs> well, like, yeah. <laughs> yes. You make fun of Gum Gum, who's carrying 100 oh, pounds oh, worth of gear. I was about to call myself But out. you are carrying 98 yeah, gonna, pounds of gear here. Uh, my favorite item is my potion of thunder resistance that I've been uh, holding along with my frightening in a bottle for probably like 70 episodes. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, I don't remember my inventory, uh, so it kind of just gets... There's also... Like, so much stuff we don't end up using at all. Like, items that we bought. Like, I still have that magical bread, I think it's called. <laughs> the stuff that, like, the yeah, rations oh, the, that I can yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I feel like I do a decent job of keeping track of my inventory and trying to use it. But I also have stuff that I feel like thematically Gum Gum wouldn't use. Like, there's that one time when he was fighting his ghost dad or he what he thought his, his dad, you know. And then after that, uh, I got an item from it. And I feel like that item is special to Gum Gum. And so I haven't wanted to use it because I feel like he would hold on to it. So it's like stupid stuff like that. Well, what's the item? I don't even know if y'all know what it is, but it's just like a buff thing that would be really cool in fighting combat. But I feel like to him, it's special. So he wouldn't want to just use it on a random fight. I could see John instantly regretting he asked that question. He didn't tell me. Right. Uh, (laughs) I I asked him, he didn't tell me what the item was. (laughs) Because Chris likes to be cagey. It's a wisp of shadow. It's in Gum Gum's hat. Cool. That's why when your hat covered your eyes, you couldn't see. Mm-hmm. Is it sometimes difficult making a commenter's handle or name work as a good name for an NPC in the show? Uh, did you have a favorite NPC name? I thought Namito coming from falsely named was funny, clever, recent example. That's from Kevin Marengo on Twitter. Sometimes I like, because we have a list that I've made like an Excel spreadsheet of keeping track of who's been named after someone. And uh, sometimes it's hard to like, if you want to use the the handle or the actual person's name. Like sometimes oh, yeah. things, like they have their name displayed. And so I did that with like with Chanel. Chanel is fruit bat on Twitter, I think. But like 
Oh, I thought Chanel would be really funny. But yeah, it, it, sometimes it's hard. I, I enjoy like doing it though, uh, trying to work those in, especially with this latest arc. We, we did a lot of elders and mm-hmm. uh, that were named after people. Who was Estream? <laughs> uh, that's a person. That's another oh. person named, named Estream. Oh, cool. Yeah. Uh, my favorite is when you uh, name one of our NPCs after one of our fans and it's just a terrible individual like the dude who ate hair. Yeah. That <laughs> 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 was named after one of our this fans. This is my legacy. <laughs> Uh, I think with uh, (laughs) (laughs) where was that guy was he also we might do a puppet video of that yeah 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 well then they got a legacy did he ever say he ate hair he was just stealing it yeah he he was obsessed with it But we don't, he might have eaten it. We don't know. Or yeah. all the kids says were like, this guy sucks. <laughs> that guy's like listening like tears. That's me. <laughs> I think the hard thing though is like I'll name people and then like they'll die or yeah. <laughs> you guys won't talk to them or ask their name. I'm like, yeah. oh, okay. Well, I guess we'll use them next time. <laughs> yeah, there's sometimes during encounters where uh, Micah's slacking me like, say the name and my name is or yeah. <laughs> like introduce him. Say my name. Stream rights. That's who that was. Uh, oh, very cool. The uh, a difficult recent one was Bowlink. Yeah. Because <laughs> no one ever asked what his name was, and I kept I couldn't just say it, so I kept having to say the fancy Shadrow or the whole episode. Yeah, like I kept trying to find other ways to describe him, so you know it was a unique Shadrow, different right. from the other ones. It is funny because uh, Joe Lee, who voices uh, Bowlink, yeah he messaged me because he was about to like go into the recording. He's like, how should I like do this? Like, should I do it like this or like that? And I'm like, what character are you voicing? And he told me and I was like, who is that? (laughs) (laughs) I don't remember who that was. I had to ask Ben and then it all came together. Next arc, we just ask everybody's name and you now have to come up with too many names. (laughs) Oh no. Oops. All names. Too many names. Too many names. I have a question actually for y'all. Has there been a moment where you did something that you didn't want to do because you thought your character would do it? Hmm. That makes sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What? Like when like Gum Gum jumped out the window. Yeah. Because like that's what Gum Gum would do, but would... But yeah, doing something that you didn't want to do yourself, but you did it because you felt like your character would do it. I think that's you. All the flirting, I would say. Yeah. Like that's, I think I played into that more because bards in general i think very charismatic very flirtatious and boisterous and stuff like that like that i think that's like a well that's against the you're saying that's not like your personality personally me personally yeah, yeah. I, but, this, but it wasn't something that in character you didn't want to do it no i'm saying like i do that because my character would yeah but yeah. me barbara would like i would stray away from right, that kind I, of thing i guess i'm translating chris was saying like is there something that you you wanted to like for instance with him he does things that are detrimental to like uh, the fight working out or his character staying safe, but he does it anyways because Gum Gum would do it. I don't think anything you do, you're like, oh, this is like, this is something that I would never, uh, that I don't even want my character to do, but I'm doing it because my character should do it. You mm-hmm. do stuff because you're still playing as your character. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I think I'll, I'll do more extreme versions of things that I would do in real life just because it's fantasy and like, what the heck? But like, nah, I think Kyborg's motivations are Blaine's motivations. So. Or you're comfortable doing Kyborg's mm-hmm. motivations. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. it's all stupid, flashy, dumb stuff that I would think is funny. And be like, yeah, I do that. Only a couple more questions. We're running short on time. Hopefully we can get, I've got uh, just a couple left here. We can get, hopefully we can get through them. Question about the overall production. What is the average time the team spends at the table when recording an episode? How much gets left on the cutting room floor? 
I imagine there's probably a fair bit of maths. Uh, you're a rich person <laughs> here. Uh, and rules checking time that gets removed. Follow-up question. How much time then goes into production after the recording? Does it vary per episode? That's from HSD on Reddit. That's from Accounts Payable at Rooster Teeth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we spend usually about these days about two hours at the table. Um, sometimes less. We did less in, in earlier arcs, but like, as you guys get more stuff, it takes more time. As far as how much time, how much stuff gets taken from the cutting room, like I try to leave as much as I can in that's relevant to the story and to what you guys, what your characters are doing. But sometimes, yeah, there's things like I cut, like mostly speech stuff, like that mm -hmm. kind of stuff. Me flubbing <laughs> all the time. Intros, yeah. <laughs> Gus is eight takes in the uh -huh. intro. <laughs> or yeah, like they say, if there's numbers that they don't need to know, like we just get to the, the meat of it. Uh, as far as production time, it varies every episode because sometimes like, for instance, this current episode I'm working on, but it hasn't come out yet. There were, I think, 10 NPCs that had VO and that takes a lot wow. of time to do. Mm, and, yeah. NPCs with VO takes a lot more time than anything else, even than music or sound effects, something like that. But yeah, I work on it throughout the week, um, basically is what it comes down to and try to get as far ahead as I can. Yeah, it's incredible. The final product, every episode, it's like such a fun experience to listen to. Especially even having like recorded it. Yeah, I, that's my favorite thing is after we record it, going back and listening because it's like listening to a whole new thing that I was there for, but it's not the same product. You yeah, know? Yep. it's much more polished. Yeah, it's like us sitting around a table talking and then whenever I listen to it, it's like, wow, this is like... Very immersive. An immersive experience with, you know, voice acting and song and, and sound effects. And it's just like tight and fun and it's dramatic. <laughs> Or is it chromatic? Oh. Could be both. It's yeah, and then seeing the way that Micah like uh, punctuates jokes or whatever with sound design is always a lot of fun. I also I don't know if you guys do this, but there's enough time between recordings and listening where I'll be like, oh, I wish I said I took the dagger out, and then my character will be like, ah, I take the dagger out, and then I'm like, yeah, <laughs> I'm still stupid. Something I haven't done, especially lately, I I haven't listened back to the show at all. Oh, really? Yeah, I because well, I, you listen to it enough. I listen to it multiple it. times yeah. and, and go through several passes, and then I just turn it in. I was listening to it in the beginning, like as it was coming out, but then I was, I like couldn't do it anymore. Yeah. I was, it was so swamped. I get that. Maybe in like ten years from now, you'll yeah. revisit it. That's kind of how I, when I work on stuff like a lot i can't listen to it for a while and then but then giving it time and then going back it's like oh wow this is fun yeah when, when i have space from it yeah exactly we'll do one final question here this is from choir mime on twitter as for blaine which arm can curl more mech arm or meat arm Ooh, I mean, mech arm obviously yeah Mech arm. But I think I think like I would I would have it where uh kyborg is also like blaine where symmetry is important so i feel like I want to keep them balanced, but I feel like there's like a little bit of extra fuel in the, the mech arm tank that he could pull from. Then I have a question. Is the mech arm stronger than is the other arm like more nimble? Like, is there a balance? Again, I think symmetry is important. So like, say he were to like go and bench press something. I don't want it to be where it's like, oh, well, the right mech arm just takes all, you know, like, I'm like, you like a strong. lopsided uh, barbell that's kind of like <laughs> way more weight on the right yeah, side. 300 pounds funny. on one side. And I guess we're saying like with like finer stuff, not just lifting things. Like, yes. His left arm is his tickle arm. That's the one. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like, like more dexterous yeah, and such. Yeah. Like doing little. Yeah. Yeah. Say I were to approach like a pipe that needed to get like moved. I'd put the mech arm on it and then just go like a crank it. But then say I. I needed to like fine tune Bart's loot. Then I do that with my left hand. How often does he do that, Bart? Do you let a uh, kyborg tune your loot? 
all Never, the time. Never, not one. <laughs> <laughs> do not touch. I do while you sleep. Don't touch <laughs> All right. Well, uh, that's it for this episode of Tales from the Stinky Dragon. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll be back real soon with more episodes and a new <laughs> arc. Last arc. <laughs> and thank you for listening. Check out our merch. <laughs> Solid. I like how Chris has a little button at the end. Well, that, that way he gets the final word. And now nobody. Now we're done. Nobody can no, talk. No, you got to include all of this so he doesn't get the final word. I have a final word. No. Nope. Yeah. All right. Bye. Boop. <laughs> <laughs>